and welcome to another episode of Not Your Average Netizens, the only K-pop podcast that you'll ever need. This is Ash, and I am joined for this episode um, my, by my co-podcasters, Nat. Hello. And Jimin. Call me Hangwon Jimin. <laughs> okay, Hangwon Jimin. And we have a full docket of news and gossip and interesting tidbits to talk about for this episode. So I will get started. First up, we will start with Mr. YG himself, Yang Hyung Suk. He recently admitted to all of the gambling charges against him. Uh, If we remember in June, he was indicted on charges of flying to Las Vegas seven times between July 2015 and January 2019 and gambling using a total of approximately $335,460 with four other individuals. And um, he admitted to all charges, while they also stated that part of the evidence presented by the prosecution did not serve as adequate proof. Um, Per Asian Junkie, it's likely that he is pleading guilty to reduce the sentencing um, which apparently is extremely effective in Korean courts. But considering the other um, charges that he has, it's probably not, I mean, this is small beans compared to what else he could potentially be charged with and the potential, you know, convictions that he could get i mean we are talking about korean court here so uh you know we'll see you know how the court actually decides to you know what their judgment against him is so any thoughts on that um yeah i do agree to be honest, uh, it does sound like he was in a corner where he couldn't sort of uh, get out of this situation, whether it's a paper trail or, you know, more evidence that linked him to the crime. And so a plea bargain is basically all that he could do in this situation. And that will just be like, oh, well, you're admitting to it. So because you're admitting to it, we're going to go easy on you. And that's how a lot of scumbags get away with the things that they get away with because they take plea bargains and they um, take very reduced sentences or just like, you know, pay a lump sum to the government and, you know, they're good to go. Not to say that he's a scumbag. I mean, you can make your own sort of choice on that. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I just, mm, I'm, I'm happy though that because, because he did admit to it and now it's like um, a, an actual charge against him, at least that will be on the record. You know, like it's really hard to be like, well, this person is, does so-and-so if you don't have like any actual charges that stick against them. Uh, so it's actually a positive, I guess, 
going forward with burning sun and everything that's going on if you have like actual charges that stick you know uh but uh, outside of that i mean i don't think that there's going to be any real repercussions so yeah that's it all right next up a new idol tv show is coming to the air it will be hosted by Bake Ji Young, and the show is going to be called Miss Bake. And it will um, feature a lineup of Dal Shabbat's Subin, Tiara Soyeon, Crayon Pop Soyul, Nine Muses Sarah, Wasup's Nada, Stellar's Gayoung, After School's Reina, and The Ark's Yujin. Um, the show is described as a mix between a documentary and a variety show. Miss Beck will follow a group of female singers who made their debut in idol groups, but are slowly being forgotten in the minds of the public. Through the show, they will be able to share their stories, prepare stunning performances, and hope for another chance at success as singers. The eight participants will bring touching moments with their sincere stories from the time they began to dream of becoming a singer until they were separated from the stage. They will also deliver joy with their performances that were already proven to be fantastic through their state past stages as girl group members. So this is kind of another um, interesting addition to you know this the whole idol reboot genre of reality tv that korea has going on um but i have to say it's very um it's very good tv for the for us especially those of us that are second gen fans because that means we get to see you know the idols again that we kind of you know grew to love and listen to and you're kind of forgotten with the with the um emergence of third and fourth gen and um you know i i honestly for me personally i i can't you know as manipulative as these type of shows can be i really can't look to I can't look down too much on shows that give people kind of a second chance sort of deal. And, you know, these idols, you know, obviously you want to start performing again or else they wouldn't be doing the show. So for them to be able to get another chance, I mean, that, you know, I, you know, I can't help but at least feel like the show is, doing good in that respect um i'm a little surprised to see soyeon from tiara on the show just because i always felt that tiara would link back up again i mean and i mean unless she wants to go solo i guess um because i always felt like you know tiara has their chinese money and they could always get back together and go to china and make money there but like I said, maybe she's wanting to make a go at it as a solo singer. The other girls, I can kind of understand because with the exception of Reina, maybe, the other girls are from groups that never quite popped, so to speak, or never really got that, you know, got 
that hit, except for Crayon Pop, although Crayon Pop kind of fizzled out as well um, after their big hit. And they just never had longevity. So again, the second chance thing is very appealing to me. So yeah, I, you know, I think it's a good thing in most respects. Any um, other opinions? Uh, yeah, I do agree about the um, second chance effect. <laughs> we did actually like the mini on um, like reality shows and things like that. And I mean, I really do prefer slice of life stuff, but I do really like uh, seeing underdogs, you know, get a chance at uh, or get many chances to be big and to be bold and things. So I think that this is a good idea. All but Tiara really like, I wouldn't say that they're all flops, obviously, but um, like outside of maybe crayon pop in after school. Yeah, but not really. I feel like the time for after school when they were really, really, really big um, was like, pre reina and then like right when she was she was still a new member <laughs> i mean flashback was a good song too but the kahi sort of led after school is still kind of what is regarded as you know the the superior after school even with you know the singles that they dropped afterwards and the whole pole dancing thing and whatever uh so i yeah i feel like a lot of these groups just never really got the fair chance to shine they're not from big agencies they don't have like like even if the groups had crazy popular members they themselves like the members here the people here especially were not super crazy popular i don't think and so this is like a show made for them you know people who really do like the craft and who want to um sort of be reintroduced to the korean market and i think that's why soyeon is there because she is she is dropping a solo debut uh, but I feel like she's always come across as like a really nervous type of person. So I feel like she is probably worried about the reception and that's why she's doing the show. Cause it's going to be an easier transition into a solo artist with Tiara. Who knows what's going on with those girls? Uh, I, I don't know. I wish they would just get their shit together and like just reform as a group and come back together. But I mean, I haven't seen Boram in like two years so who knows really what's going on there uh but i'm excited i'm very happy about the people who are here sarah of course love her subin of course subin has so much fantastic solo music i just you know uh i definitely wish people would pay more attention to her and yeah i'm, I'm really excited i'm gonna watch for sure and uh yeah go them go miss bake <laughs> any other thoughts all right, moving on to the next story, which is about the Rose. The Rose, um, back in February, the Rose filed for contract termination from their agency, JN Star Company because of issues dealing with payment and schedules. Um, unfortunately, the request um, was recently rejected by the courts. Um, on August 31st, J and Star Company stated 
in March of this year, the Rose submitted a request for contract termination, citing reasons including outstanding payments, damage of trust, and exclusive contract violations. However, the court has denied this request. The agency added arbitration is currently underway through the Korean Commercial Arbitration Board. We are attempting to resolve this in an amicable way. So I'm not sure what they mean by amicable. <laughs> I mean, they're basically trying to cut all ties from their company and that's basically all they want. So, I mean, if the agency is not wanting to do that, uh, then I would say that that's not amicable. Uh, and it's just kind of the fact that they have to go through the courts to do this and it got rejected, you know, that just kind of, you know, shows how much power these you know, even these companies that aren't so big can have. And, you know, these idols, they get into contracts when they're young and impressionable and they have their families may not really know much about legalese and all this stuff. So they just know they're getting this possibly lucrative deal and they end up getting involved in these situations with these distributable people that you know later on that they can't get out of and it just it's the very unpleasant side of these that whole kind of life and hopefully the rose can get out of their contract in some sort of way uh and get the payment that they are owed um i feel like jay and star company will not want to do that um, they're probably going to try and want to get things done as much to their liking as they possibly can, however much they say they want to have this done amicably. So I don't know. I guess we'll have to, you know, wait and see what happens next with that. But best of luck to the Rose as far as getting away from their old agency. Any other thoughts? Yeah, it is kind of crazy because... The things that they um, want to leave this company for are all really good reasons. That's why I can't understand why the court denied it because they weren't getting paid, which they had proof of. And then on top of that, there was like, don't you remember there was a crazy story about how the company like had scheduled them to do like a 17 city tour or something like that. And, oh. but like in a really short period of time. So it worked out to be like two cons, like a concert every two days in these like 17 cities. And so like, it was like insane to think that you want, you're going to work these, these, you know, members to the bone and they're not even getting paid. Like that doesn't even make any sense. Right. So I do wish throws all, all the best in luck. And I really hope that they get the pay that they're er like they've earned, you know, cause they have like really good songs and they're a really good group. So I'm kind of sad that, you know, this is probably like the end of them at this point because the company is greedy and doesn't want to treat its employees like people, you know? Yeah. It's unfortunate. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, like I said, that's kind of the the bad side of idle life or the potentially bad part that people don't typically see or realize that can happen. So, yeah, and it's everywhere. Like, I can't think of like a an industry like in any country where they there's not at least one story of them sort of just taking advantage of the artists. I mean, we all know the famous story of TLC and how like they were bankrupt, even though they had like you know, Crazy Sex Cool, which was like a 10 plus million, you know, seller. Um, I'm pretty sure it's a diamond album at that. But yeah. the girls themselves are broke. Yeah. That's so. like the famous story about, you know, here's how you can make, sell a million albums and be broke. And then left <laughs> I did the math and, yep. and everything. So, yeah, I mean, it happens to like so many like aspiring musicians it's just kind of crazy yeah megan earlier this year had a contract dispute oh yeah i remember yeah she did she did so yeah i mean it happens to a lot of people so i mean if i ever had like to get a contract for somebody i would just be like wait till i get my lawyer on the scene (laughs) exactly and then i would hire a lawyer (laughs) and be like help me like figure out this legalese real quick yeah okay okay next story joy of red velvet recently got in hot water with some red pill meninist um because she recently posted or appeared in some instagram photos where she was wearing a uh white t-shirt under a blazer that said we should all be feminists and the person that posted it on an online community called her selfish for wearing something so controversial and she you know of course netizens um ripped her apart for coming off as a feminist and she's going to affect the group for wearing it and the fans will leave and she's causing controversy and I'm going to become a Blackpink fan. And um, that was the big thing that she's feminist is the F word. It's the kind of the typical thing, right? I mean, Red Velvet it's interesting because I think that they have a decent amount of female fans, right? Uh, yeah, Anybody I think, wanna... yeah, no, I think that they do have quite a bit of uh, female fans like SNSD did. I think that uh, with with uh, SME's girl groups, they've actually been pretty solid at securing like dedicated female fans. Yeah, that's interesting because I feel like, you know, the male fans that are crying over her wearing a feminist T-shirt. It's like, are you? And you're going to really affect them that much if you decide to go over to being a Blackpink fan. Even though Blackpink makes songs about, I don't need, I need, what was it? Uh, I don't need a boy, I need a man. I need a man, yeah. (laughs) I mean, you know, Teddy does like to write the, you know, I don't need a man type song. So, I mean, what are you going over to Blackpink for? You know, it's just, you know, if you're so sensitive over this whole, the whole feminism thing. It's just, it's just stupid. Stupid. Um, yeah, I was about to say, it's, just, it's really just dumb, like so stupid. And I think that anybody who's going to be this upset over a t-shirt, 
uh, probably has things that they need to work out with their therapist uh, more so than, you know, all this time and, and energy that they're wasting hating on Joy and saying that she's going to ruin the group for wearing a t-shirt that just said that we should all be feminists. And I mean, if by the logic, what does it mean? Like we should all respect women. Okay. I well, that's that not what it means to men in Korea. Like it means that they're against men. Yeah. And no. that they want men to perish. And I feel like know. they know that's not the case. I feel like they just want to complain because men are babies. I think that that's <laughs> actually what it really is. Uh, but it, it, it's just so ridiculous and stupid. I just like when I saw it, I was just like, um, okay, you know, we have an actual pandemic. People are dying, but let's get mad because she wore a shirt that said we should all be feminists. Okay. The thing that makes me think too, is that I, you know, considering what the climate is in South Korea currently, as far as women and men and the whole burgeoning feminist movement, like joy had to have known that wearing that t-shirt would get her some crap online and she wore it anyway. So that yep. makes me like Joy more because it's like she knew that it would be controversial and she was posting pictures of it on Instagram or she knew that there's pictures that would probably, that would be taken, that would probably be posted. So, I mean, that makes me appreciate her more for, I mean, even though it's an $860 Dior t-shirt, <laughs> Uh, you know, which has its own issues, Dior, for, you know, profiting off of the social movement. But other than that, it, you know, I think it's good that there are people like idols that are willing to at least wear things like that to be the kind of make that statement. And there are a lot of women that are trying to change things in South Korea bit by bit. And I think that's what the men are really scared of. They don't want things to change. They don't want women to get more powerful positions and to have leverage over them and to have things change, you know, in society. And they're women. I mean, as they, you know, accept the Western ways of thinking more and more, that's going to happen. And just is an issue of how quickly. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's really interesting because it's like, I don't think that it's more of, I think it's, it's the fact that with women as competition, they can't resort to the boys club anymore. And I think that also it means that women can say no to them more. And I think that's really where the problem is in a lot of places. The fact that they don't have, the power and and in deciding, you know, things for women, it's more so women can say no and they can speak up for themselves and men get really pissed off because it, then it means that women don't have to do what they want. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's a power thing. And it personally to me, it's a sign of like weakness when men get really upset about things like this. So I, I just, and that's like such an unattractive trait. So it's like every time that's whenever I hear things like this, I'm just like, girl, you would never be upset about joy wearing a shirt that says, let's all be feminist. He would probably put that shirt on too in solidarity. <laughs> and I'm just like, be more like Gong you, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and also too, I think that red velvet has passed the point 
where they have to be afraid of public outcry, I think, uh, because now they are more of a senior group. Yeah. So I don't think that they, like, it's really going to help hurt their numbers um, or their sales or anything like that if Joy wears a shirt, you know? Whereas if it was, like, a new group, you know, in the beginning of their career, it would probably be a different story. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. And, like, like I said, they also aren't dependent on the men. No. You know, the men, the male fans, for they have a like you said, a pretty solid female fan community. So they don't really need the men. So go, go be a Blackpink fan. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Speaking of girl groups, Everglow recently did a performance at a military constellation concert in South Korea. Um, Actually, this was back in June of 2019. However, the company that they're with is called, um, is it Yuha? I think so. Yuha. Yeah, apologies I so. if I get it wrong. Um, Entertainment, which is a Chinese company. And they found themselves in trouble for damaging national honor with the Beijing Cultural Market Administrative Law Enforcement Unit. The company, uh, the description here is that the company did not give details of the incident or penalty, but public uh, available document shows it was punished by the Beijing Cultural Market Administrative Law Enforcement Unit for a breach of the rules on foreign related performances. The document cites a Ministry of Culture regulation that any performance or exhibition in China or elsewhere that is deemed to harm national and personal honor will be subject to penalties ranging from a fine or warning to suspension or cancellation of or the right to take part in foreign cultural activities. It could even result in a criminal investigation. It is unclear which performance the penalty relates to, but the company's subsidiary has twice arranged for Chinese performers to take part in an event for South Korean troops. The regulation can be applied retroactively going back two years. Yuha's subsidiary in South Korea manages K-pop girl group Everglow. One of its members, Wang Yiren, is a Chinese national, and the group took part in the Visiting Train K-4 special show, a performance for the South Korean military in June last year. Yuha had previously arranged for three Chinese performers to take part in the same military show as of September 2016, as tensions were running high between China and South Korea over Seoul's deployment of a U.S. anti-missile system. And um, per Asian Junkie, they're assuming that the group with the three Chinese performers that they're referring to was WJSN. The company apologized. Um, the, the company uh, said that they stand firmly and unanimous, unanimously with the motherland and rejects all actions that are harmful to the national interest. Um, and the Chinese netizens seemed very supportive um, about it. 
um, basically saying that it's they understand it's not entirely up to the performers, but it's not right for Chinese to perform for the military of foreign countries. So, I mean, this is, you know, a, you know, geopolitical thing. And considering the tensions between Korea and China, I mean, the companies should have maybe thought more carefully beforehand. I mean, understood that they're probably thinking more about the for the benefits to the group as a whole, as opposed to, you know, we have one Chinese member and all oh, this may cause, a, you know, an incident between our countries. Uh, but considering, you know, the whole thing where K-pop was banned <laughs> from China, uh, you would think that you would be more careful um, knowing how sensitive China is about things like that, um, involving the military and, and, and issues of that nature. China, I really don't have anything to say about them as far as is them being so uh, rigid about things like that. But that's China. And, you know, if you're going to have Chinese idols, you're going to have to acquiesce to some of their demands for the time being, I would feel. What do you guys think? So it's, I have two thoughts about this. One that I get it because, you know, China is very big on nationality and nationalism and, you know, all of that. And that is still a very sore point of contention between Korea and, and China. But also it's not like the first time that a Korean group with a Chinese member has performed for the military. I'm pretty sure that Miss A has performed for the military and they have two Chinese members. So it seems like it's more of an opportunist situation now because you know, it's like a sore spot. So now everything's like under a microscope versus uh, back then where it probably went unnoticed or just didn't have the same sort of um, maybe magnitude is kind of the word um, with the situation. And so, I mean, I like I get it. I do understand it because it is China and this is not a surprising sort of thing that they would be, uh, it's not surprising that they would be upset about it, you know? Uh, but on this other hand, like, as I said, it's not like this is the first time a Chinese group has performed for the military without any repercussions. So it is kind of, mm, I don't know, it's kind of odd, but I'm happy that it wasn't like a big international incident, you know? And also too, I'm kind of, I think why I'm kind of just like mm, about the whole situation is that I kind of, I do feel like the whole performing for the military thing is kind of weird. Uh, so <laughs> especially with the yeah. reaction that the Chinese, that the Korean men have to the girls performing at the military base. Mm. And they, ha- they call it like a constellation. Yeah. Like, what did they need consoling about? Like, <laughs> This is, uh, I know, it's like you're doing this for your pride of your country. Like, why, why do you need to have 
to be consoled by girl groups, you know? And also too, like, it kind of brings to mind too the whole, like, whenever somebody comes out of the army and they're like, oh, you know, who helped you get through it? And they name the girl groups members and stuff like that. I'm just like, this. basically, it's like a fab list. That's what you're talking about right now. Like, that's gross. It is so gross. I don't really need any of that in my life, you know? I don't really need to know, you know, who helped um, Shindog get through the military, you know? Like, that's that's something I never really want to think about to be honest so it's the whole military thing is really strange to me <laughs> uh you know like conscription is you know it is what it is especially in a country with korea that has like you know this active sort of hostility towards you know the northern counterparts it you know it's just it is just what it is at at, at the same time but also like um, i've always kind of side-eyed that whole thing so <laughs> yeah i don't know i'm kind of like well when are you guys gonna have a comeback that's all i care about (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah hey everybody um unfortunately ash had to step out um for an emergency so me and jimin will continue the rest of the um topics that we have for you guys today yes I guess we can just go right into it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, our next topic is Cupid. Um, it's about the song. The, sorry. Cupid accuses 17 of plagiarizing Cupid Shuffle for left and right. Uh, so basically, there is an American artist called Cupid, and he took to Twitter to accuse Seventeen of plagiarizing his song Cupid Shuffle for their latest song Left and Right. Now, um, I remember when we did the review, or we did, I'm um, sorry, like a watch of of Left and Right. I think you did mention we that. Did? Right? did we not do it? I swear to I'm God, I'm very sure about that. The thing is, I don't. Yeah. I feel like I've I hadn't heard of that song until this controversy. So really? if we did, if if it maybe it was an episode that I was not available. I don't know because okay. I don't remember hearing it until this came out. This news came out. So oh, okay. Maybe somebody else mentioned it. I thought it was you. I'm gonna be very honest with you. I didn't know. I like I hadn't realized it at all because I like even though. Um, Cupid Shuffle like is a familiar song like I've heard it before obviously it I I haven't listened to it in years so I couldn't I wouldn't have made the connection but I'm pretty sure that I have, it was common knowledge that that was what the song was sort of um taking its cues from in a lot of ways right oh I I feel like you know what when yeah. the song when left and right first came out like I said, I did not hear it. I I wasn't, you know, in Carrot Land, so I, I wasn't really <laughs> interacting with, you know, carrots and people who had heard it, things like that. So, you know, I didn't know what it sound like sounded yeah. like. But when you do listen to it, oh my goodness, it is so like it is the like even if you haven't listened to Cupid Shuffle in years, it is extremely obvious that it takes very heavily from Cupid Shuffle and the fact that like. If I'm not mistaken, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, um, actual reps from Pledis, when they were like, you know how like companies will like give you a taste of what the music is about, like what the song, the vibe of the song before yeah. the song is released and even after the song is released. But if I'm not mistaken, I think representatives from Pledis or something like that, there was an article where it was like the song like takes very heavily from Cupid Shuffle. And it, it was like this was something that was written about 
in actual published articles on reputable uh, from reputable media outlets. So it's not wow. like, you know, it wasn't common knowledge that the song took inspiration, quote unquote, from Cupid Shuffle. So I think the fact that I, I don't know. I think the way I don't know. I I, I won't say anything until you continue off with it because I don't want to like get into it before you say you know more about the reaction to it and how it's been handled. Because I have some thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm interested in that. Okay, so basically, like I remember when Cupid was online and he had put out the tweets. And um, normally, it, I think what was interesting about it was that normally I expect the fans to back you know, their group 100%. But I had seen so many people who were 17 fans being like, Pledis, you need to say something about this. You need to do something about this. Um, and they were kind of supporting Cupid. So Cupid said that he had contacted the company, but he hadn't heard back from them. And he also made a video on YouTube. So he was not playing. He was like, look, you need to run me my check or I will see you in court. I don't care if we do it in Seoul. I don't care if we do it in America. We are going to be in court if you guys don't run me my check. So basically, I don't know after that what had happened, to be honest, because I kind of fell off of the story. I'll be honest with you. Um, but I'm hoping that, uh, you know, Cupid and uh, Pledis had sort of got together and come up with some sort of resolution to the situation. Because obviously, you know, when you hear the songs back to back, like there's no question that one was taken from the other, you know, like and it's just, it's, it's, uh, it's, there's no question about it. So they have no excuse. I think what makes it more obvious is like the fact that they do use the phrase, like the phrase, not, it's not really a phrase, but they use like the words left and right, like to the left, to the left and left and right. It's just kind of like, I think it makes it even more obvious because usually when we hear K-pop samples, um, it's usually just like the actual music itself. It's not usually in the lyrics or even the choreography. But like when you watch everything related to this, like there's tastes of Cupid Shuffle in the choreography. There's tastes of it in the lyrics. Like it's everywhere to the point where it's just like, how was this able to pass through without gaining the proper um, licenses or whatever it needed from Cupid? I think that's kind of that's an interesting intellectual property situation. I know that in South Korea, they do intellectual property very differently to the point where, you know, how like on Western, like in Western media, particularly like reality shows and things like that, they mm -hmm. use like a lot of stock music. Yes. Like you never you very rarely hear like mainstream, like pop top 40 hits in like, I don't know, keeping up the Kardashians or like, um, it's way too expensive. Runs house or what? I don't know why I thought yeah, yeah. runs house, but you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, it's just so expensive because you have to obtain those rights. However, I do remember very vividly when I was watching, um, there was a show called Why Not the Dancer that Temi was in um, a couple years ago. And it was a little reality show following them on their journey to the United States to work with like, you know, American choreographers and things like that. And it was like him and then a couple of, of, of other idols. Um, in this show, they were playing all the top hits, okay? It wasn't just, and, and on top of that, like, it wasn't just um, that they were playing, you know, Korean songs. Like, they were playing, like, BTS songs. They were playing, you know, their own, like, shiny music, of course, and things like that. It wasn't just that they were playing that, but they were also playing lots of Western music to the point where I was like, how do they have the budget 
to afford these songs, but they can't afford better camera quality. And I'm up here trying to watch three three sixty p camera quality, <laughs> but they they can afford all of this music. But I think that kind of goes back to maybe the fact that the law might be different in South Korea and how people go right go about attaining rights. Still, that's no excuse because I, I'm pretty sure there's like a there's whatever American music companies there are, there's subsidiaries in South Korea that run that aspect of it in those countries. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's still no excuse, but it's just like, it does kind of open your eyes to how different Koreans treat intellectual property from how we treat it here. Which is crazy because like, I do recall as well, like in, in dance shows that they used to do with idols that they used to dance to like Sierra's goodies. They used to dance to like a lot of like top hits. And I was just like, Mm, like I understand that you guys like this these this song and this music but I don't think you guys can be affording the stuff that you guys are playing on here but they they still got away with it and then the crazy thing on top of that is that in Korea like if you are out say if you have like a mukbang or if you're recording yourself or something like that you have to blur other people's faces if you don't have their right in your videos but they can like basically steal steal music literally just steal this music and you were talking about how like reputable sources were talking about this i found an article from um july of last year where time time magazine guys yes <laughs> uh, we're talking about how um with an easy to learn chore- chorus routine choreographed by main dancer hoshi and the members of team same a choreography team 17 works with regularly and a catchy refrain resonant of the Cupid shuffle left and right drew fans from around the world and a large number of K-pop artists to groove along. These are reputable media sources that are making these comparisons. That's how obvious it is. It's like so many people, I, I, I just don't understand how this situation could have even happened. Like, how do you sample something or quote unquote find inspiration for it and don't even think, hmm, maybe I should reach out to this person and see if I should credit them. Or You know what I mean? Like, that's, I, I don't know. I don't understand how that thought would even cost, you know, what, well, I will, I will say, I know I'm all over the place a little bit, but I will say that I know that, um, like Woozy and Hoshi do talk about, you know, how they are usually the ones writing the music mm-hmm. and it's not usually the company, but still the company has to cross reference that stuff. And the the moment that you learn that it could be connected, I, I don't know. I guess like my problem is it's not like they never knew it could be misconstrued as sounding like Cupid Shuffle. It's like that was what they were going for. That was like the goal. Yeah. So I think that's what makes the situation even more strange. The fact that they they definitely knew it wasn't a situation where, you know, you came up with this original melody and then you found out that it sounded like something else. No, you specifically said we liked Cupid Shuffle and that was the inspiration for this song so much so that it, it takes significant liberties with the original Cupid Shuffle song. Um, and applying it to this new song. So I don't know. I, that, w- that was a pretty funny and interesting chaotic situation because I haven't heard anything from Cupid in years. So yeah, I, I, I like I honestly don't know exactly what is going on here. But like on Twitter, I do see that like the fans were like, oh, I have this degree in music. And 
this is proof that these are not the same songs. And I'm just like, guys, like, please, please stop doing this. Like, we know that. I'm deceased because let me tell you something. <laughs> Girl, I don't get why people try to use their credentials to qualify their statements in K-pop and their opinions on K-pop. I mean, unless you're like, unless it's like something where your credentials are like directly like you wouldn't know that without having that degree so like if you're a doctor you know maybe like maybe let's say one of these idols slips and falls and like breaks their ankle god forbid we don't want that to happen but let's say that does happen right unless you're a doctor you're probably not going to be able to like look at something and like ballpark a diagnosis that will be even remotely accurate you know what I mean? So that's that's relevant. But like if you have a music degree, like you don't need a music degree to hear two melodies and say, hmm, that sounds really similar. Like you just need you I hate to say it this way, but you just need ears. You don't need yeah. a degree. I think that is just people people being ridiculous and probably not even telling the truth just to make it seem like their point is more valid than what it is. So absolutely. And I feel like it's it's like fans, regardless of the group, guys, like regardless of the group, fans all of all of a sudden become experts. Oh, my things. goodness. Like I saw some people criticizing a journalist talking about my parents are journalists and you are a mockery of this profession. And it's like, guys, what? like I you're not you're not an expert. And even if your parents were in the field, that doesn't make them experts. A lot of people are in these fields and they just do these jobs, okay? You an expert. It's like those kids, it's like those kids who are like, you know, yes, I'm so rich. And it's like, no, just because your parents are rich doesn't make you rich. You know, like those types of things don't transfer to children, like once you once you give birth to offspring. So I don't know. It I, I think the situation is just pretty funny. I mean, it's sad, you know. Hopefully Cupid does get reimbursed, but I do think the way he called them out was really funny. Like it's just something that I guess I just never expected. Also, just from the fact that, like, out of every song they could have plagiarized, it is so strange <laughs> to pick Cupid Shuffle. Like, that is the strangest. That's like the strangest choice. It's 2020. Not saying people don't still do Cupid Shuffle because they do. It's kind of reached the level of like the Cha Cha slide in the Black community. But with that being said, it's a very particular type of song that you really only hear at like cookouts and maybe weddings. Like, it's like line dancing. You don't hear it just casually, you know? So it's just a strange song to play to your eyes in 2020. I, I think too, what I need, like I would like to interject this with just like, well, willingly, something that's been on my mind, I think since yesterday mm-hmm. is that is the way that other cultures have commodified hip hop and they see it as something for them to consume. And then whatever they produce is always going to be superior in some way to actual black people who rap. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's also something that touches on this. The fact that they are obviously like, they sound so similar. I mean, I have to say alleged for legal reasons, but you know, they sound very similar to the fact that time magazine mentioned that they work similar. I mean, in an article that had nothing to do about the plagiarism. So it's kind of like, it's kind of, weird <laughs> i would say it's weird when someone like lay you know from exo talks about spreading Korean, chinese or mando pop as this genre of music and all he does is hip-hop 
in Mandarin. Yeah, no, okay, uh, okay. There's a whole conversation that we need to have. Okay, like I almost like I'm almost like should we have it now because that is that is so relevant and that is like so that is something where I'm so glad you verbalized that because I was th- it made me think about all of this buzz going on about like uh, the songs that are competing with WAP. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, which isn't really a competition, but <laughs> that's besides the point. Um, I, I think what's interesting about that is that it, that's all they're doing. It's how are you telling, how are you saying that you're spreading your culture and this, that, and the other when literally you're just doing something that another culture is doing? Like, I, I, that is something that, that is such a good point. Like, Matt, you're a genius because that is like a really, really like pressing something that I don't even know. I can't. I'm kind of lo- at a loss for words because you. Just we can make it, it so a topic. Succinctly. Yeah, yes. I think we can make it its own topic. But I feel like it's kind of connected to this in that. No, it is. See, they see a song that's really popular that you know black people are chilling to, and as you said, it's a cookout song because that's what it is. Like, right? There are that's a lot what it's meant to be. Just cookout songs or like. Um, throwback, you know, boat rides in Toronto. That's what that's what they do on these these things. Like any nineties, any nineties, or like throwback party usually plays that. Even though I don't think it's technically a nineties song, but like it's kind of like in the throwback. It's definitely not a nineties song. Yeah. But any, I feel like any song that has choreography in it, like yes. choreo- teaching you choreography through the song. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know, to be at every throwback party. Exactly. That's yeah, yeah. Exactly. every cookout is gonna be at the block party, it's gonna be at your cousin's wedding. Like it, it's just something that is like meant for groups, large groups of people. Exactly. Like, and everybody right. knows it. Right. And so for like a K-pop group to allegedly um take inspiration from that, well, that's not alleged, to take inspiration from that and allegedly plagiarize it on their album is just like really strange because it's not like an album song like you know what i'm like i'm not going to a cuba shuffle album for like a cuba album for a cuba shuffle or like i'm yeah. not going to you know for example uh who made cha-cha slide oh i don't know I always forget <laughs> i always forget the artist i will uh, have to google it cha-cha slide dj casper i'm not going to a dj casper album for cha-cha slide that is just something that's going to be on the dj's rotation when we hit up the cookout so i just find that really really funny that concept hilarious but i I, you know what now that you said it it may it may think about something outside twitter earlier uh so you know how everybody's doing like the wop challenge and this that and the other yeah um well there's this other thing where it, it kind of sound gangbanger-ish to me. I'm going to keep it real with you. Okay. I'm not very familiar with gangs, but he was... You know how, like, gangbangers have their own little code that they speak in? Yeah. It, that's what it, the song sounded like to me. But there were, like, these... Uh, I'm assuming Asian, but honestly, w- with the blue contacts and all the plastic surgery, they just look kind of like hoppas or, like, white girls. They, oh. they didn't... Like, it was hard to... It's hard to describe, but, like, something about their faces didn't seem like very Asian, but because it was attached to an account that posted about like K-pop and things like that, I just assumed that they were Asian and they were like, I don't know. They just had, there was a lot going on in the video. Um, And they were like doing those little TikTok challenges where you like lip sync and dance or whatever. And somebody had made a comment and was like, 
do you think they know what the song, like the guy in the song is saying? And I like, no, and, and I can see how people could take it the wrong way. But I didn't take it the wrong way because I knew exactly what they meant. It reminded me of a time I'm going, girl, I'm going all over the place, but everything is connected. <laughs> I promise. Okay. And I remember a time a couple of years ago where this girl would always sing, um, the weakness can't fill my face. She was singing all ah. the time. She just loved the song. And then yeah. this like really annoying, like sorority girl goes, um, does she know the th- that the song's about cocaine? Like she, like in a ridiculing way, but it, she like the, the point was made, like people sing about things and they don't really understand what it's about. Yeah, absolutely. and they can make a fool of themselves, which I feel like happens a lot in these industries such as K-pop and C-pop, where they talk about wanting to spread their culture when really they're taken from something else and don't even know what it means. Yeah, and then on top, or they do know what it means, and they they do it. They bastardize it. <laughs> they bastardize it, and then they try to act like they're better because oh well, we're not like. We're not doing we're not a real talking whap. About, talking yeah. about, you know, whapping and or whap and all this stuff. And like, we're not talking about drugs and sex and gangbangers and, you know, hoods. We're, we're rapping about real things and real issues. Like, <laughs> bruh. <laughs> we're rapping about finding love in middle like, school. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. I, I honestly, I, I don't even really listen to hip hop anymore. I just... I don't think it's really for me, like the stuff that's coming out know. now. Now, but I mean, any almost any like anything up to like 20, 2005, 2000 and like seven ish, I'm there 100 percent because I mean that's what I grew up on. Those are like the formative music and stuff like that for me. And it's like sometimes music doesn't need to mean anything. Sometimes meaning like sometimes they can literally like future literally mumbles on a beat. People eat it up. What is your problem? Honestly, okay, don't don't judge me. Yeah. But the other day, like I just went through this whole thing where I just binge Drake. And I'm not even a Drake stan. I'm not one of his little what he called his fans, BBWs. I'm not, <laughs> I'm none of those things. Uh, yes. I but I just binge it because like it honestly, Drake has some songs that go really hard. <laughs> like Drake and The Weeknd are like guilty pressures for me. They have music that like, even though I cannot, something about them as people just really annoys me. They yeah. have music that I can't deny. Mm, like uh, After Hours is my most listened to album this year. Girl, you, I feel like so. you were really like Tamin's album side note. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, I've said this many times, right? And I, I am going to, we're going to do a review on Tamin's album anyway. So that's why I'm waiting for that. I'm, I don't want to do it. I don't want to listen to it first. I want to kind of like go in fresh. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I was just yeah. anyway. The, my, I don't even know where I was going with that. Why I said that Drake was my uh, was a. I've been to Drake a couple days ago, but I did. Um, just in case you guys were wondering. Yes. Um, but girl, yes, it's just I, I think that quote that you said from Lay is really funny because I've never listened to Lay's music and thought, let me go to China and learn more about China. <laughs> like, I've never, um, I've, I've been never to China and China acts like even though China has the NBA channel, they were they were all on this weird tip where they were like every time they saw me, it was like. Ooh, let's take a picture. This is a black person. I got, real ti- I got really, I got real tired, honestly, of being in China. And I was only there for three days, but it's only because of the attention. It's like, I understand, like, you know, you you guys don't really see other people in person, but like 
you know, I'm I, I'm not somebody who wants that attention. Maybe if somebody didn't mind it and they'd like to eat that attention, that'd be fine. But I that the, the type of othering attention that I got out there, I wasn't a huge fan of. And I did enjoy my time actually there. Like, uh, you know, I went to the Great Wall, I did all these stuff, you know, like whatever. Me and my friend, my friend's white. <laughs> so she also got sort of like that same kind of attention. And it was kind of weird. But when we got to Hong Kong, we were just like, oh, yes. Oh, I bet. No, I've I've heard and seen a lot of things. Like there was this um one uh black expat on Instagram who like did a raking of all of the like Eastern Asian countries she had been to, and she consists like she her big the big takeaway I got from that was like the best place you can go is Taiwan. Mm, and, I want to go to Taiwan next, um, yeah. or or even some places in Southeast Asia, and like the worst place you can go is Korea. <laughs> In South Korea, I hear um, just that a as a lot. black woman. I hear that a lot. And it's really strange because I had a great time. Like, I mean, I when I say great time, I, I feel honestly like Seoul wasn't, it wasn't like a destination where I had a lot of things to do. And there was like all this, you know, sort of like plans for me to go to different places. And like, it, it felt more like a staycation in some ways, I think, okay, than yeah. an actual like, like, that would be the difference than like when I went to like, you know, even Mexico or like Cambodia or where there were, I felt like there was more to do. Um, I mean, I did go in February, like around the the Lunar New Year. So maybe that could also be why, but like uh, Korea was a great place to have a staycation, just chill. You know, I went to certain places, like I went to the DMZ, I did the Coex SM atrium thingy, you know, which I did all the stuff. has like rats and roaches now. So they had allegedly, yeah, allegedly. allegedly. <laughs> I, mean, I had a good time there. Idea. I had a good time there though. Um, but I'll sh- you know, I'll show you some pictures of when I was yeah. there. Cool. Yeah. But no, I, but back on topic. You're right. You're right. <laughs> oh, I just want to say though, is like Korea, I feel like Korea, like I'm, Korea is not for everybody. And I feel like every every black person who's been in Korea has like, if you take all the opinions of Korea, they're polarizing. A lot of people had really I bad know, times. Like, a I lot hear... of people had really good times. I had a good time. I didn't ha- I didn't face any sort of the only time I, I like I felt uncomfortable was I was in uh Daiso. Daiso is my favorite store when I was up there. Oh, I hate Daiso. But I was the, in Daiso. Daiso is so cheap to me. Like everything I've ever gotten from Daiso broke within Paris. hours. But Daiso in Korea was amazing. And I still have all of my stuff. Um, but anyways, so I was in Daiso and this Asian lady was following me around. And I was like, oh my God, does she think I'm stealing? I was like, I, I, I thought I was like, this thank is you very for, comfortable. for clarifying that the, the Daiso in Korea had an Asian lady following me around as opposed to a white lady. Okay, continue. But anyways, yes. But so then like she like she finally approached me and I'm just like, am I going to have to fight this lady in Daiso? Like, I don't know what's going on, but I was just really uncomfortable. And she's like, oh, you know, I wanted to invite you to my church. And she was like, and I do a lot of travel blogs and like, you know, let's be Facebook friends. We are still Facebook friends, FYI. But like it, it was very strange. Like that was the only time I felt uncomfortable in Korea. The whole point of that tangent was to say that, you know, I don't listen to um asian music generally i i'm grouping i'm saying asian to group in c-pop k-pop all that together and think to myself i'm gonna now start embracing the culture of that music i i do like those you know like aspects of those cultures but it's not because of k-pop like i i I like a lot of my favorite songs in k-pop are I don't know. I, like, for example, I like Mino's fiance, but I'm not necessarily going to go listen to Trot now. 
Mm, I see what you mean. I I actually do really enjoy trauma when I hear it. I think it's fun. I think it's honestly. Oh, it is fun. But so you know, at the same fun. time, somebody made a good point that like trot is basically just like trot is also not entirely um, original. Like it's basically different variations of certain, you know, non-Korean disco. And oh, that's absolutely. actually like that's actually a really good point because we do think of trot as like being the only original Korean music. But I think the only original Korean music is like the really ancient kind of instruments. Yeah. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I think that's the only stuff that's like in the mainstream that we can directly trace back to like a Korean person. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. So, I mean, Trot did come about in, in the colonial era as well. Right. Right. So, yeah. So you do have that aspect to sort of like, I don't know, get into it, but it's like city pop. City pop is like pop meets disco in Japanese, you know, and I love city pop too. So it is, it is, it's fun. And I, I, I mean, a lot of what they do is very, they have embraced and sort of turned into like a subgenre of their own in a lot of ways, but like somebody who does city pop, like Maria Takuchi, you, who um, does that really famous one. I can't remember the name of the song, but if she, um, doesn't come out and say like listening to you know um, my song is going to be it, it's gonna you know show it's gonna bring Japanese music to the world you know like it's, yeah, that's it's, it's not, like a, that's a strange comment for Lay to make like I'm really kind of yeah. shocked he says something like that because I'm like dude China has like a rich history of music and like it's actually, I love a lot of like traditional sounding Chinese music. Of course, it doesn't have to be traditional. It can be modern stuff. But the thing is, Lei is not bringing us modern Chinese music. He's no. bringing us modern hip hop. He's bringing us white music. And I guess specifically he's saying Mandarin. Um, Mandarin, yeah. Instrumentals. It's, it's pla- sorry, it's Plastic Love was a song um, by Maria Takuchi. But that's like the most famous city pop song ever. And the thing is, it's literally just disco. <laughs> so in Japanese with like, a bit of like 80s 70s sort of um production like pop production but that's all it is i it, it it doesn't really make sense to me and the funny thing is i did go back after i saw the comment in that forbes article by mm-hmm. tamar shout out to tamar um and i went back and i listened to some lace music because i'm like you know i haven't listened to lake in a long time so maybe maybe my initial thought is incorrect but then i went and i listened to some of lace music again and i was just like nah like this this is just hip-hop Taking, <laughs> taking other like music from other like I think you know what that that brings us into like a really good conversation that I do think we should have some time in the future about like is it is when does music become culture instead of just a genre because like I would never consider like 80 synth pop culture like you know no. what I mean that's not a part of like a particular culture to me yeah, but no, I do consider things like hip-hop that is part of a culture r&b that is part of a culture blues jazz these types of things that is reggae yeah those are things that are like very specifically tied to certain cultures so i think that that's like a really good you know question to explore is like when at what point or you know what qualifies a musical genre to be more than just a musical genre you know because it would be different if like hip-hop was just like it was like you know um well like synth pop 
like yeah. if it was just like synth pop then it'd be like oh okay like that that you know it's cool for him to say we're bringing chinese culture to the forefront because you could take synth pop and do something with it that is reflective of your culture whereas hip-hop is so specific that like i don't know that you can take hip-hop and transform it into something that doesn't have yours yeah it's completely yours and i think yeah. it's that way by design <laughs> so <laughs> well i think too with things like hip-hop and like um some other genres of music because there is that initial pushback from the mainstream it the way that it evolves like it it's kind of like punk, yeah. punk music right like yeah. it is a, t- a, a product of its time right um, and I think now with like the commercialization, obviously, you know, on a global scale, things that used to be a part of the subculture completely have, you know, in some ways sort of become more mainstream, like house music. <laughs> yeah, house, uh, because, you know, yeah. it is tied to a culture, not racially, but yeah. well, kind of racially, sort of, but it's tied to, you know, like the LGBT community. Yeah. But that's where a lot of people don't really know that or make that connection right because of the you know the swedish dudes and the um (laughs) (laughs) yeah the swedes and um even that those two guys the chain smokers and you know like um i you know (laughs) these these, (laughs) i couldn't remember their name for a second i'm sorry i don't listen to their music but anyways yeah you know it's like it it in some ways the commercialization of it has sort of like led to it to become like this other thing that people sort of associate other groups with in a lot of ways, right? Like I said, the Swedes, a lot of people would agree with that, right? Sure, <laughs> yeah, no, well, it's yeah. kind of like, um, like I, I feel like the one of the best um, examples of a genre that doesn't belong to a culture is EDM. And yeah. maybe that's why K-pop uses so much of it. But yeah. um, I, I do think that you EDM, you can take it and do anything you want with it. Whereas even stuff we don't think about is traditionally having a culture like grunge. Grunge does have a culture. Metal has a culture. There's a reason why uh, all of those they call them Fortnite dances. They're not. Um, those quote unquote Fortnite dances, a lot of those came from like those little gifts of the goth kids at the mosh pits. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, yes. like and 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 that's their culture. You know, it's like the it's a different type of scene, right? A, yeah. a sub what you call it, subculture. It's a subculture. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I think that this is an interesting discussion that like we could definitely expand go on and on and on and on about but i do think that you know in order to to bring it back around really the crux of what we're saying is like 17 allegedly (laughs) plagiarized this song and i'm really not sure what their goal was because again you know it's not bringing us something new it's not like Cupid Shuffle is in is trendy right now. And it's not like that's the type of song you can just listen to any time. Like all of these things, there's so many specific, there's so many reasons why this is like a huge WTF moment and yeah. why it is kind of funny to me. Just because all of those things combined makes you feel like if you were going to do this for any song, why this one? So, but yeah, um, Moving on <laughs> to, to more problematic things, but worse <laughs> problematic things. Because I do think that these things are much worse than the Cuba Shovel scandal. Yes. Uh, so What's going on with 
F-N-C-E? Fancy? Fancy's Keyhole? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I just want to, um, before we get into this, while we're mm-hmm. still being a little lighthearted, yeah. shout out to The Mandalorian Season 2 coming out. I'm not going <laughs> to promote the Demons platform that is coming out on, uh, but shout out to The Mandalorian Season 2. We love to see a Baby Yoda. It's going to be lit. We're going to be watching it. I don't know if Nat is going to stream it with me every new episode, but we are going to be watching it. It's going to be lit. I Nat, you do watched... have a Disney Plus subscription, right? You know, I do have a Disney Plus subscription. I got it for my sister, actually, and because she wanted to watch Beyonce's Homecoming. And then I forgot I had it. So you actually just reminded me. Uh, but... To cancel it, I'm dead. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I'm still waiting for um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier to come back. Because it was supposed okay. to drop in August. So I'm kind of hoping it comes back like in the winter months. Because then I can justify keeping it a little bit more and just streaming and like watching things like gargoyles. <laughs> you know, I'm not doing much with my life, as you can see. Um, but yeah, to move on to the topic. Um, yes. oh, I, I've also never, I haven't seen the season one of The Mandalorian. So you're missing out. Baby Yoda's so cute. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so FNCE. Uh, denied Kehoe from upcoming boy group made problematic social media posts. And Kehoe also made a statement. So basically, I actually did see all of this go down on Twitter. Uh, so basically, when FNC Entertainment um, announced the members of their new group, P1 Harmony, uh, a lot of people were like, but wait, isn't that the Canadian dude who was harassing people? He's like an exo-ante. And he was... He would save, this is all alleged as well. He would save photos from like our um, XL's uh, Selka days of specifically black women and then use the the pictures to like shit on them in the future and stuff like that. So, uh, so a lot of people were sort of going back and forth and I didn't, I, I can say that I didn't actually see any examples of him doing specifically that, but I did see a lot of people say he did that to them. And these are people who had accounts for years and like haven't deleted or anything like that. So, you know, take that what you want. And so basically it was enough of a conversation that FNC Entertainment issued a statement denying the allegations of racism. And this was the most ridiculous statement that I've ever seen before in my life because it was just like unbelievable. Like I thought it was unbelievable. the, The sort of claims that they were making about this dude. Um, so basically, I'm not going to say everything else. They say that basically he spent his days in Canada as a K-pop fan and that he ran a social media account with seven other people and everybody had the, the password to get in. So Bro, what? <laughs> Sorry, no, I'm not saying that's not true, but that just seems like really Unlikely. weird. Yeah, like yeah. unless I just want to say this really quickly and then yeah. you can go back to the story. Yeah. Um, unless you are running like. Um, you know, like an account that does, I don't know, like fan fictions. I, you know how there yeah, are people hours. who like run accounts, to, like or Nyan, right? Like yeah. you have a podcast. Yeah. Um, I just don't see why you would run an account with other people. I don't see the point. Or you're like a fan site, but yeah, I don't know. I not- guess we'll figure out as the story unfolds, huh? Yeah, it really wasn't a fan account from what I'd seen from it. So basically they're saying that he ran it with these other people. And of course, the other people were the one who were who were doing the bad things. Uh, so Kehoe is completely innocent, according to FNC. 
Uh, and they, but they did acknowledge that it was his fault because he should have noticed that the people who were doing these things, you know, with his account were doing bad things, you know? Um, so they're basically saying that they apologize to the artists who've been affected by the incident and to all that have been hurt. So now this is where they lost me, like completely. Like, I mean, I was already skipping Hold up. I, can, you, can you just pause that real quick? Because yeah. I have to say, yeah. it is very interesting that they're pausing to the, uh, um, a apologizing to the artist because it makes me feel like you care more that SM is going to sue you than the fact that he was hurting innocent black girls continue but yeah actually because in Korea if you if you say you know if you bully people or dox people online or if you even say something like this person is ugly online they can get like sue you they can come back and say like hey they defamed me online so that's why they had to apologize and SM is not shy about that SM has so much money they don't need to be so (laughs) So this is this is the second part of the article of, of this apology. The claim that Kehoe was racist is absolutely untrue. Through the growth environment that of as Asian in North America, he is more <laughs> sensitive to racial discrimination than anyone else. And he knows that it is something that should not happen, period. One of the publishers who mentioned this specific issue has written malicious posting based on personal feelings towards the acquaintance of Kehoe. And after recognizing it was not true, the publisher confirmed to have deleted the post by him or herself. So they say Kehoe tried to become a singer with respect for K-pop artists and all K-pop artists are his idols, blah, 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 blah. You know, he may have made some mistakes, but he's going to mature and become better in the future. Okay. (laughs) Girl, hold up. (laughs) Okay. No, they did not just say that because this man is Canadian, he can't possibly be racist. People actually do have this really strange opinion of Canada. Like it's like unicorns and pots of gold everywhere. And everybody's just apologizing about everything all the time. And I do say the apology thing is, is absolutely true. Um, <laughs> because Canadian, a Canadian will be very quick to apologize for something that's not even their fault. Or even just to say sorry for brushing past you if it's if it's something like unintended so i do acknowledge that part but the idea that to me i i more so took away from it that they were saying they were framing it as though um because he was from north america generally like he yeah. almost like it wasn't even north america it was like because he's not from south korea <laughs> like yeah, you know, yeah he's yeah. more sensitive to racism than actual south koreans which okay by the way is also a huge problem and a huge pr issue for your country maybe don't have like companies in your country come out and be like our country is racist because <laughs> like, that's kind of what they're saying by saying that um yeah absolutely just this idea is that because he's not south you know from south korea that he he's more sensitive to these issues is ridiculous that is the dumbest like you can tell that they think their fans are like all 13 years old that is the dumbest thing i've ever heard i feel like especially like one of the things that i've especially seen this year is asian people being racist towards black people especially and i've seen either like from black people themselves i've seen them sort of like just go from, you know, like, let's all hold hands and like be POCs and like strive forward at that to being like, fuck all everybody else. Don't call me a POC. I'm a black person. I've seen a lot more black people do that this year based on the anti-blackness in especially specifically Asian and Latino communities, specifically those two. Um, And so I I mean, like Asia obviously is a 
very big place. So, and like, I almost want to, yeah. I almost want to like go even further and say very specific Asian communities because I don't, yes. I don't, not that I mean I can't speak for every black person and not, but just from what I've seen, it does seem like that there's more of a um, issue with like more so East Asian of all you know the other ones yeah not not just not you know i i don't see it as much from like indian people for example i see it a mm. lot from- <laughs> yeah they do did you not hear about that story about how um in that bollywood song they had this line about how like beyonce is fine but she's not light-skinned like you and no, this is I did after, not hear that. Yeah, and this is after Beyonce, like she had that brown skin video and she included dark skin um Asian Indians. people and Indians, yeah. See, okay. So. <laughs> now I, I think I think what I'm more so talking about is uh things that I've seen that people have been reacting to. Okay. I have not seen I've seen a lot more people become more uh like it's like it seems like there's a lot more instances that I see. Um, of racism from East Asian people generally, like I can't even say that it's like a Korean thing or a Chinese thing or whatever, because it's not. It's like Filipinos are being racist, and like, like you know what I mean. Like it's all over the place. But um, I will say that it is interesting that I have not personally seen as many people complain about non-East Asian people. In terms of like seeing and being witnessing the racism, I, I think the excuse they use that there's no way he could possibly be racist is ridiculous. Um, Absolutely, I don't, and and I do agree with you though. However, is that I didn't see any re- receipts of him actually doing those things. I am gonna. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take the stance I always take: believe the victim, but at the same time, not necessarily condemn him on that particular aspect because I didn't see any receipts. Exactly. Exactly. So I basically I'm going to keep it in the back of my mind and I'll keep an eye out for it. But I mean, at this point, I don't really know for sure. Um, Like, I'm not going to bully him about it, you know, like, right. I I just haven't seen anything about it. But do I think it's possible? Absolutely. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Uh, So basically, Kehoe also put out a statement. And basically he said he it was more like a regurgitation of what the company FNC had put out. Uh, but he, his excuse was that he was in like a group chat and like everybody in the group chat gave each other's passwords. So sometimes they would post for each other, which is even stupider to me because I would never have somebody posting on my Twitter. I feel like people don't do that. But okay. I feel like people don't do that at all. Right. He was and he also says. I would also like to say I would never make a racist or racially charged statement to anyone as a person of color myself coming from a racially diverse community. I understand the complexity and seriousness of racism and racial discrimination. This also includes microaggressions and other cultural effects, I'm sorry, offenses that lead to the bigger picture of racism. I was like, oh, so did a black person write this for him? Because I don't see it coming I from the company. Because he knew all of the um, academic psychology. <laughs> he he knew all the hot button sort of topics. Yeah. Exactly. But he's also from Twitter. So he probably just knew that. Exactly. Because right. that yeah. that's just like Twitter language to me. Exactly. At this point, it really is just Twitter language. Um, but yeah, no, it was kind of crazy when I, when I was reading it. Because I was like, mm, this is actually like too good of uh I know holiday like wait 
<laughs> but anyways, so Kiho, I mean, this has nothing to do with his members. So, I mean, I'll still look for P1 Harmony, whoever these people are. And I'll still, like, you know, give them a chance. And I mean, like, even with Kiho, I mean, I'm... I can already say that he probably won't be a bias, but, you know, I'm just going to definitely keep an eye out to see what other things come out. Because what we have learned, you know, in K-pop is that it's never just one story. It's never one incident. There are always, like, multiple oh, yeah. incidents. We're about to talk about with this next topic. Oh, definitely. Yeah, so you kind yes. of... Cool. I do feel I remember some things in our past that we had some comments we had made. And now sometimes people just have a way of smacking you across the face because you, mm-hmm. you might be on you might, you know, at one point you might be on their side, but then they turn around and do something. Let me just I'll wait until that topic is introduced. Yes. <laughs> uh, so uh, our topic, our next topic is about Woojin, who is an ex-member of Stray Kids, who was accused of sexual assaults. He denies them in a statement. Uh, so basically, two anonymous Twitter accounts accuse Woojin of sexual assault. And I mean, there are screenshots of these these accounts they're both in, in Hangul. I think one is also in English um, translated. So you you can read them at your own risk. I always have to say that because not everybody should be Wait, able can to you read send that. The real quick or send the oh, whatever It's actually the, the second link in the the list thing oh. that we have. Yeah. Because there's two links there for the story. So the second one has all the screenshots of them. Okay, the, uh, also they're all translated. Okay, I thought exactly. they, they would have needed to be translated, but they don't. So, yes. So basically, you know, they're very descriptive and they're very specific sort of um, allegations. And so obviously, you know, Twitter was all offender uh, because Woojin is an extra member, member, straight, uh, extra kids member. Sorry. And there was a bit of controversy about him leaving the group when he left well, the group and how he left the group. Member is a good moniker. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it, it was a bit of a mess because I remember like when it dropped and it was just like very 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 strange anyways so basically there were it wasn't just this situation it wasn't even just him leaving stray kids there was also the the fact that he his statement his his company put through a statement about the member about this situation his company and i've seen it being described in quotes uh so take that you know as you will and it's called text 10x entertainment and they said basically they plan to take legal actions against the malicious false rumors about their artist Kim Woojin. And basically they wish to reveal photo evidence to make sure that fans don't have any misunderstandings. Uh, and it's based on what the, the allegations were that they're uploading these photos to sort of prove his Woojin's um, uh, innocence in the matter, right? And they're trying to say basically that he was at home. So none of this could have happened. And so basically they were like, it's been confirmed by the company and they're going to, you know, take active actions with additional documents against the defamation and spread of false rumors about our artists. They will do their best to prevent Kim Woo Jin and his fans from receiving any more damages. And also, which I think is, 
one of the worst things I've ever seen before in my life. They said, if you could please send social media links and PDF files related to the false rumors through email, they're going to use it as a foundation to take additional legal measures. Now that just opens up a can of worms for especially a lot of the very dedicated fans who will take his word over any sort of evidence you give in, in the other, in the other window. Right. And they're going to start like just copy and pasting information. They can even fake information and just send it to them to this company who are then going to use it as their foundation for their legal offense, which doesn't even sound legitimate in some ways, but I don't, whatever. Uh, so basically there's questions as to whether this company is actually an entity. The Twitter account was created the day of the statement. The logo is a logo of an online furniture shop. I have to say that I'm literally deceased. They looked up the host site for someone looked up the host site for Wujin's company and it's an, a note taking application. It's not even a real website. So that's why remember I was telling you about the meme about like they they copy and pasted Wujin in like different backgrounds and said that was his company. I didn't understand it at the time until I read about this story. And I was like, oh, I am I'm deceased. I'm done. Cause that was actually quite hilarious to me. Uh no, so further was, like I think <laughs> the absurdity of it. Like, yeah. Girl, keep going. <laughs> Well, we talked about his quote-unquote company, 10X. Now from the man himself, he says that he's suffering from an absurd situation. And basically, he is saying that it never happened. I don't know whose person it is. They deleted all this information. My fans are very have been very worried, but please don't worry too much about them. And that he recently signed with this new company and he's, he's preparing for solo activities and that they're going to um, take legal statements. So he, he spent like, this is maybe like a paragraph, like a slightly larger paragraph. And he maybe spent about a sentence. If even that saying that it didn't happen, everything else is just about how he signed with a new agency. He's working on a solo material. The shit's cray. And don't worry, fans. Everything else was about that. Like, he barely even touched on what had happened. I don't know. It was very strange, um, the whole thing. So, uh, yeah. And it also set off a really strange uh, sort of reaction. I don't even know, like, how stupid does he think people are? Absolutely very stupid. You have to think extremely low of other people to to do something like create this idea that you have a company because the fact of the matter is it's just too obvious i i feel like even trying to roast this company situation it's just not even fun because everything is too obvious like it's very clear that the company's not Either it's not legitimate or maybe it is legitimate, but he definitely um, paid for everything. Like it's, you know, he literally is a one man company. You know what I mean? And I think what makes it a little bit more insidious uh, for many people is how he then proceeded to use that quote unquote company Twitter account and Instagram account to post about like his new solo activities, like 
immediately after all of this went down. Yep. Like, there wasn't much breath between, this isn't true. And also, please wait for me. I have stuff to give you. Like, it was right. very strange. It was like, and if correct me if I'm wrong, but Wujin, his his um, departure from Stray Kids was very, like, random. Like, at the end of the, like, at the end of the night here, I think, it was just, like, randomly announced that he left. There wasn't oh, any build-up. Well, you know what? I remember it because we did talk about it on the podcast. And at the time, we felt a little bit sympathetic to him because there were, like, these talks of maybe it was, like, um, like uh, he was dealing with some sort of psychological issues, things like yes. that, um, and, and mental health issues. But And then also what helped add, add to that theory is that, like, like either days or weeks later, um, one of the uh, members that are still in Stray Kids is still in Stray Kids. I think it's Bong Chan. I think it was him. He's the like the one that's like known for being super like racist and you know mm -hmm. cultural appropriator, all that stuff. He came out and made a whole like like he didn't make a statement, but like he was on V Live or something like that. And then for like like two or three minutes straight he talked about how like one person can like spoil a group of people by making bad decisions and this that and the other and then i remember at the time we were like this is rich coming from a racist and like <laughs> like I, I, we were not on his side at all which I, I still am not on his side i don't like stray kids and i don't like bong chan and but at the same time i think we all kind of felt for wujin because yeah. it kind of seemed like the whole team were like, it seemed like they were all ganging up against him um, and, and that they were all kind of resolute in, in, you know, cutting ties with him. Whereas from us, from the outside looking in, it looked like he genuinely left for like mental health reasons. But now hearing all this stuff come out, if you revisit that video where Bangtan is talking about the quote unquote person that is like the one rotten egg that spoils a bunch. Yeah. It makes a whole lot of sense. Like, yeah, it could be that, you know, not to say that, like, obviously all, all of this is allegations yeah. and we, we really can't say for sure what happened from what didn't happen. But it does seem as if he, this might not be just these two girls. It could be other women or other girls who've experienced the same thing with Wujin and that led to his termination, uh, the termination of his contract because big, big companies do not just terminate your contract all willy nilly. In fact, they do everything they can to keep exactly in that contract. If you're performing well, exactly. um, which their kids is not necessarily bombing at JYP. So I, I don't, there's a, a lot to be said for the fact that his contract was terminated um, the, too much in terms of like, you know, kind of navigating into the idea of like, do we believe this situation? Do we believe him? Do we believe any of it? I'm gonna keep it with you. I do not believe him I, I, at all. Nothing he's saying about like all of it being untrue. And, and it just seems too, it's, 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 for me, it's less so like, of course, we believe the victims, but for me, like the way that the person acts can definitely color the way you view the situation as well. Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that like he's, you know, pretending that nothing is happening is really strange because it's really obvious. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, absolutely. It, it, it's like he's doing this on purpose, but he also knows that to other people it looks stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I totally get it. And like everything about the company itself also is very sketchy. I don't know, like there's a lot of pieces to this puzzle that don't add up 
if you want to keep Wujin as the victim. Right. I think that there's too many pieces here that are that scream fraud and fake and lies for me to think like 100% that like, you know, like that we did the, the, the way that we did when he got, you know, kicked out or he chose to leave stray kids, you know, that felt at the time, like a little bit more, it was easier to be sympathetic and to sort of keep an open mind about it. But this, it just seems like there's too much going on. Yeah, yeah doing all this, I feel like it, it's like this concept of like, you know how like when you go to court or whatever, there can, there can be people that testify to your character, right? Yes. And if everybody testifies, like if, if this, uh, the reason why they do that is to see whether or not your testimony is credible. Exactly. So if your character, if you do other things that make me feel like you're a shady person, like inventing this fake company and like completely trying to ignore this situation, even though it's so obvious that like, you know, that nobody's ignoring it, that all of it put together, everything, everything about the situation, the way he got, you know, boost booted from or, you know, left whatever from JYP from Stray Kids and the way the members spoke about it, even though they didn't like openly say this, that or the other, the way they kind of seemed to code what they were saying in their words, yeah. all of it put together just makes me feel like he really did do something. And then yeah. also, like I said, even if you put the, the victim testimony aside, because I do think there's two sides to it. You know, there's, well, three sides to every story, you know, the victim, the alleged victim, the alleged um, perpetrator and the truth. Right. And I feel that even if you don't look at what the victim is saying, which you should, you can still deduce from his actions that he probably did something wrong. Exactly. Wrong enough to almost end his career, you know, like, yeah, as a rookie. So, yeah, I, I just, you know, I'm kind of waiting to see how this continues to, I guess, unfold. Um, I mean, it's, it is a Twitter, it looks like they sort of came out on Twitter. So I don't know how that works, to be honest, on a legal, from a legal perspective, but um, yeah, we'll see how that sort of, that story sort of unfolds. I mean, we talk about a lot of the news about entertainment artists in Korea and a lot of it has to do with sexual assault. Yeah, so an X Entertainment account is yeah. literally still, unless this is like a fake account, it looks like it's still talking about these things. What okay. do you do? You, does it say the handle, like the the handle for the Twitter? I don't know. Um, let me pull up the article again. Oh, not that one. This one. Um, hmm. there was a statement that was released saying we would like to inform you of further confirmation of the false information of artist Kim Mujin. what further confirmation of the false information yeah that's not <laughs> it's at 10x underscore ent on twitter yes Oh yeah, they are. They actually put something up four days ago too. I, I'm about to uh, continue to read what they just put what they put on Instagram ten hours ago. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, so okay. So uh, anyway, we would like to inform you of further confirmation of the false information about artist Kim Woo Jin. An anonymous user has been confirmed to have falsely claimed sexual harassment by stealing photos of another person. The person whose photograph were stolen uh, wrote a post to prevent further damage. 
we have CCTV footage of the person taking pictures in the bar and we will release the video soon. What does that have to do with whether or not this happened? We will do our best to restore the honor of our artists, Kim Woojin and our fans. Thank you. Okay. Let me say this. Uh, there's a couple things I got to say. A lot of things I got to say about this. Number one, what does any of that have to do with the allegation at hand? Even if the pictures are like fake, which that would look really bad if they were, but even if they were, right, that mm-hmm. still doesn't mean that he didn't do anything. Exactly. Like that, the, I feel like it's, uh, what is it called when you talk? It's like a straw man. It's like when mm-hmm. you, you try to like talk up another point to get people's uh, mind off of the real issue. Exactly. Girl, I've read enough. Uh, I've read enough to let me stop because I'm about to dox myself. Um, and the fact that like almost every post on this Twitter account is about this scandal and there's nothing else about like other artists at the agency. There's nothing. And they're doing Twitter threads. What entertainment company, you know, SM is not if they're doing Twitter threads when people are accused of things. JYP or sorry, YG wasn't doing Twitter threads when uh, Sungri was accused of all that stuff. People don't do Twitter threads about that stuff. Yeah. Like you're a serious company. How do you have time for, I'm, if you're a serious company and you're this small company that you're supposed to be, how do you have the money to afford an intern to tweet about this all day? And they're tweeting in Korean and English. When does that ever happen? And not only that, there's a Teen Vogue article about it, which mm, does not... Really and then somebody, and then they read this Twitter account retweeted Team Vogue saying Team Vogue covered 10x entertainment in an anonymous Twitter user's attempts to attack Kim Woo Jin for fake information. What? Yeah, and uh, the the Teen Vogue article is not. Hmm. I would say that I feel like it is meant to help clear his name based on what I'm reading here, and also. I don't know why they felt that they needed to mention it, but like the last paragraph is like talking about at the time of the allegation, the alleged assault, South Korea was observing social distancing in accordance to the the Korea Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, Um, which like the only reason they're mentioning it is to sort of like add this idea that he wouldn't have been out because of COVID. Mm -hmm. And then the next thing they mentioned is that, in fact, after an outbreak in early May was linked to ET1 Nightlife, the management companies for BTS's Jungkook, NCT's Jaehyun, um, Seventeen's Mingyu, and Astro's Chaeun Woo made public apologies about the uh, after it was reported that these idols were seen in the clubs. So it's, mm, I feel like this article is not a good look because I feel like the article spends a lot of time mentioning what T- 10X has to say mm-hmm. about um their artists and then on top of that they try to sort of link the fact that covid happened to the idea that they would he wouldn't why would he be out when there's a pandemic going on oh but also look at these guys who were out who shouldn't have been out during this pandemic i I don't know this article is (laughs) jungkook might have the let me allegedly might have the coronavirus but let me tell you what your girl is not doing he's not Okay, let me not say that because you never know what these idols are doing. But 
that doesn't take away from the fact that Ujin is accused of this. Okay, <laughs> like, like drag, and the uh, fact that like so many of his fans tried to drag in like Jungle from um, NCT, tried to drag in so many other idols into this is really insidious and disgusting. I'm one of those people. Like, I think that, I think that, um, I know a lot of people may not agree, but I do think that uh, false allegations are extremely disgusting. It really, really hurts victims when you come out there just throwing around false allegations and tossing people's names into stuff um i think it's disgusting and i think it's uh, a horrible practice that people do when they get uh upset about something people you do stuff like that for revenge where they just claim something happened that didn't really happen so I don't- do we want to talk about it um so the night that that the the story about Wujin came out. Somebody came out and said that Jungkook had assaulted them. Oh, did you not hear about that? No. The yeah. Same- Wait. Okay. Hold up. I feel like rewind real quick. Yeah. You're saying the night the at the time that it happened, or are you saying recently somebody came out and said that it, it was recent? It was recent. So basically, I think like now I can't really remember because it's been a while, but. I feel like the night that the story about Wujin dropped, mm-hmm. somebody else, I can't remember the Twitter handle, but they had you know come what? up. No, I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. And that person actually lied about it. Yeah, yes. they came out and said, uh, haha, I lied. Yes. And then they, I think it's the same person made a disgusting thread about how, like, you shouldn't, this is why you shouldn't listen to victims and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, first of all, just because you believe a victim doesn't mean that you're doxing the accused. Like that's, there's two different, there's two different things that happen when something, when somebody is being accused of sexual assault or, you know, any, any sort of nefarious evil, you know, activity, there's two things that happen. You feel something for the victim and usually you feel some sort of way about the accused, right? But just because you believe the victim doesn't mean that you're doxing the accused. It doesn't mean that you are, you know, writing them off completely. Like a lot of people do. And I mean, it's a personal decision. Yeah. Yeah. It is your prerogative. I mean, like when I found out about Trey songs and some of the songs that he was getting up to this year, I deleted all his music from my phone. But you know, it oh, is when really I up found that when up. Well, technically, this is kind of different because it wasn't alleged. It actually did happen. Yeah. When Yungi had that Jim Jones sample, I'm gonna keep it real with you. I deleted a lot of BTS music. Yeah. And like, that was crossing a that that was crossing a lot of lines. You know. But the thing is, like, we didn't write to Yungi and tell him that he was a terrible human being, or you know, I didn't write a letter to Tremaine and say like I hate you forever you're the worst person ever you know I just said that's disgusting I don't like it I don't want you I, I like and I'll keep like when I was going through uh, like it's a personal story but when I was going through some really hard times in like my mid to late 20s I listened to a lot of tree songs I don't know why but it was actually really uplifting for me at the time which mm-hmm. is funny because it is kind of like it is raunchy music but it was fun right yeah um but like from the stuff that I was hearing about him, I I just couldn't accept it for myself. I could not have that that on my spirit, so I had to get rid of it, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it is a personal decision. But as I said, we're not doxing these people, you know. Like even R. Kelly, if I found out he died tomorrow, great. Am I, you know, spending I, my? I, I, think, I think it comes down to like I feel like a lot of that comes down to to like having a certain level of like maturity experiences experience and yeah maturity like knowing that like. It ain't gonna make a difference, even if you do. Like, yeah, 
you know, go whatever. I think that's that's what that comes with. And that's why like a lot of these straight kids stand, well, particularly Wujin stands, felt the need to like do these horrible things and say these horrible things about victims, the alleged victim in this case, and also, and we have to say alleged, of course. Um, and then also, you know, make false accusations about people who weren't even implicated in the first place. They, yeah. it's it comes from a place of immaturity and from a place of honestly in some cases it's just a place of pure just like evilness like the fact that you can do something like that is really evil yeah and the thing too about the situation and about like the idea of like you have to dock somebody in a situation so it's either the victim or the, the accused i think it also comes down to sort of like this whole toxic fandom sort of behavior where it's 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 like whatever you do has to be at the nth degree for no reason you know like there's there's no reason for you to um write a 10-piece thread about you know why why somebody who said like you know when the allegation did come out about Jungkook some people were like you know I don't know what to believe but I do trust the victim then you had some people come up like when the girl had admitted that she lied or the person had admitted that they lied they're like oh and see all these people who are ready to believe them and blah 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 you guys are fake fans like like those are two things are not even connected. Saying that you believe the victim doesn't mean that you hate Jungkook or you don't actually believe that he, you know, is innocent or whatnot. It's it's just it just means that. Are you talking about Jungkook or the or Ujin? Well, I'm talking about Jungkook in the situation. Oh, because, the Jungkook. Situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that was a full out lie. So I mean, I can say like, for it's really immature, and it really does speak on you know a person's level of. <laughs> of of understanding things logically and yeah. and and just sort of too like that how so like I, what yeah. do you get from that like what does that accomplish because not only did people still continue to believe this story with Ujin but like now you just look stupid on top of that like what exactly were you trying to accomplish when you did that like that I don't know that's that's not the thing it was, it's and it was all for fan words like k-pop is not that serious guys I mean we have a podcast about it but we still don't think it's that serious you know, it's just not. Yeah. And the thing like, and I think I really do want to drill, drill this point home. Believe in the victim does not mean that you are automatically like hating the accused. Honestly, believing the victim doesn't even mean that like you necessarily know the facts about the whole situation no, it just means think, that like you accept what to me I, I i think we shouldn't even use the term believing the victim I, I was about to say i think it's more of an empathetic yeah it's like accepting feeling. hearing yeah. them out actually taking them seriously and wanting to get to the bottom of the situation so that either they can get justice or in the rare cases where if that person is not telling the truth which is again a rare case um you know each either party can get justice. That's really what it's about. So I think if we can just kind of transform that idea of believing to the victim is, is like you said, having that empathy, being a human being and understand that if somebody actually did go through that, it is important to take them seriously and try to yeah. understand their situation especially, before you. Sorry, sorry. No. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, especially since when people like it takes a lot for somebody to admit that that has happened to them. And I think that people don't really understand because a lot of times they they have built up the stereotype of the false like accus like accusation and which is only between like two and ten percent. 
And that's only based on the people who come forward about rape allegations, not even talking about the people who never speak on it and know that there are millions of people around the world who have been assaulted and never speak on it. You know? Yeah. I feel like, I just feel like a lot of people who, um, don't necessarily like, quote unquote say that they don't believe the victim. I feel like it comes from more of a place. I mean, I do think that, you know, there is this idea of like the false accusations thing, but I feel like from what I've seen, at least in this, especially in this Ujian situation, it comes from this idea like that if you love something a lot and you kind of like have been with it for a while, you feel this like uh, some people in an immature way feel this need to protect it. That's what happens with a lot of these situations or even like, I think a really good example is like, um, a lot of Chris Brown fans, and obviously Chris Brown's situation is a little different. He didn't have like these sexual abuse allegations, but Chris Brown fans are pretty, um, I don't know, a nice word to call them, <laughs> um, but they're a different breed. And I think they try to like, I remember when the whole situation with Rihanna first happened, the whole thing was, oh, well, Rihanna was hitting him. Too. Like, you know what I mean? Like there was, all, it, it's like, it came from this irrational need to protect somebody that you don't even know. Yeah. And I because think too, it's with them. Yeah. You identify it. And I think you are validated through being fans of, of certain things. Like it, it sort of, I don't know, it, for some weird reason, people feel like they're full people when they have things to stand I don't know what that is. It's like this really weird phenomenon. And also, too, I think a lot of times a lot of people just hate women. And so it's really easy in a lot of these circumstances where where women are the victims to blame them for you know, the actions. Yeah, it sounds really this might be weird. And it might if I can understand why, if other people don't see the same way or have the same experience. But from what I've seen, I feel like people are way more willing to like empathize with male victims than female victims like female victims almost always get blamed like like the whole r kelly situation well why did she go with him why did she do that whereas male victims it's more of a like this predator like because i think it comes from that whole remember we have a conversation last week about like um the stereotype of like predatory lgbt people and like gay people i think it comes from this idea that like if uh if it's a man accused of assaulting a male person it's more of like a oh gay people are bad versus if it's a man accusing assaulting a woman it becomes women are bad absolutely and we only have one victim in there and that's the the male perpetrator for the most part (laughs) they are the victim in in any situation that you can think of exactly it is I, I, I i just think that I, I feel like people are just more willing to empathize with things that boys Yeah, And that's even, that's even to a point where like black lives matter. Okay. This is yeah. a hot take, but people are more willing to be like, Oh, like I've seen so many things. Like I, I'm pretty heavy into like, you know, different types of sports, like, you know, basketball and things like mm-hmm. that. And the NBA has like made black lives matter their whole image this year. And so like a lot of, you know, fans of the NBA uh, they often talk about like the census killing of black men and da 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 da. But the moment you'd be like, well, this happens to black women too, like it's a problem. at alarming levels, higher than any other race of women. They go, well, it's not as bad as with black as it is with black men. You know, it's like it's easier for them to empathize with black men than black women. It's like I feel like this I like this male supremacy thing is pervasive um, to the point where, like you, like we were saying, you know, people are more willing to be, believe male victims. People are more willing to um, believe even male perpetrators against female victims. Um, it's just, it's like she deserved it, you know? Yeah, because she was like 
she was wearing a short skirt. So she was clearly asking for it. Um, and I don't know, I feel like it's actually also very relevant for something that I saw on Twitter today. Mm-hmm. It was, um, what was it? it was a situation where a male fan for fanatics, which is, I guess, a new group was heard on camera saying that they were trying oh, to yeah. the members legs and called a female staff member an idiot for trying to cover them. And you can also hear a very clear snap, slap in the slap. background mm-hmm. and a more muffled slap. So and then, like, the girls, the girls, like, you know, when they have the jacket over their legs and it's like they started looking behind the camera around that slap sound happened and they took it like the, the jacket off because it was like, uh, I think maybe they were communicating to them that you need to show your body. That is disgusting. When I saw that, like, I, the fact that you can be so bold as to do it in the general vicinity of a camera, what are you doing when there's no recording going on? You know? Oh, wow. So it was, um, someone is actually saying that after some quick research, the one who gave the jacket, who gave the girls the jacket, I guess, to cover their legs, wasn't a staff a member. member. It was actually the member of the group. Yeah, it was and like they got the slapped twice. Yeah, yeah. And it, I first saw it. I saw that the it was a member of a group that did that, which I, I thought it was weird that she wasn't sitting with the other members. Yeah. Um, but I'm thinking maybe after she gave them the jacket, the manager, whoever, the PD said, come here and then smack the hell out of her. And like, yeah, this is just not OK. And it's it's interesting that people are always so quick to ca- talk about mistreatment from companies, mistreatment from companies. And it's like you have this actual person who's getting slapped, you know, on camera, basically on camera. And more people are not talking about it and people would still act like you know their their favorite member getting one line is mistreatment you know like the perspectives are so skewed i think based on like who you fat who you stand and and things like that yeah it's just kind of crazy and it's not okay it's like not okay to smack people like in general but it's definitely not okay to smack members of your group that you're managing and that you're who are just doing something as simple as trying to cover their leads you know like uh, it's a form of modesty in a lot of places. Know, like, like, it's not, it's not a problem. Because even as somebody who's like obviously not a K-pop idol, yeah. um, I I really do get uncomfortable if I'm like being watched or if I'm around like a large group of men or something like that, and like my legs are showing, like I'm wearing shorts or a dress or something. Like I do want to cover up instinctively. That's just something I wanted. I don't know why. I just That's do. Normal. That's actually very normal. And I noticed that a lot of parents, like older women try to say like oh you shouldn't be dressing like that and blah 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 but it's like these are grown men why don't they yeah. learn how to control themselves maybe because we don't hold men accountable and i'm talking i'm not just saying other men i'm talking about women too we don't like a lot of times people just don't hold men accountable and that's why it's so easy for people to blame the victim you oh, know yeah. in a lot of places oh. so this is like a really good like topic to go in if we ever have like a cultural conversation because it just reminds me of this quote quote that um, black mothers coddled their sons and raised their daughters. Absolutely, I they, saw that firsthand. I, like, I do feel like that is very true. I do feel like yeah. many times in society, your daughter in black, the daughter in a black family is expected to you know be on her best behavior, go to school, get great you know straight A's, go to college, have, be a doctor, have a great career, whatever. And then boys are just like allowed to get away with a lot of stuff, even including like basic stuff like boys are allowed to date 
<laughs> and like have girls over with the doors closed and things like that you know whereas teenage girls you're not allowed to have a boy over with the door closed or a girl over you know with your whatever your sexuality you know what I mean there's a lot more restrictions put on uh being a girl and girlhood absolutely I mean even for things like you know I don't want to be too TMI but like you know you know women's bodies that are looked down upon you know, it's crazy how there's so much emphasis in a lot of places about like having children and how that's like the woman's main goal. It's the sacred thing, whatever. But then when you talk about like, you know, regular bodily functions of a woman, it's so gross. It's disgusting. It's like, you know are they a so goddess crazy? or are they not? You know, you know what's so crazy about that is yeah. like, I'm so glad you mentioned it because it reminds me of like the idea that like, like you said, like, you know, the role of a woman is like be a mother, a caregiver, this that, and the other. But like the moment there you see a woman with kids, there's all kind of stereotypes about her and hor- people say horrible things like that. You know, like the whole Karen movement or whatever mm-hmm. that has been started is somehow Karen has become like a blanket term for all postmenopausal women with children. And I don't like that because it makes it seem like if you're a postmenopausal woman and you have children, you're crazy and something's wrong with you. And you're going to act like, you know, these entitled white women that go off on these, you know, do these crazy things. It's like motherhood is like a double edged sword for women. If you're not not a mother, there's a problem. And if you are a mother, you're less desirable. You're too old. You're this, you're that, the other. It's a double edged sword. Yeah. And it's funny because that like, you know, tying it back to to like men and, you know, how we don't hold them accountable and how they have like these false ideals that, you know, society pretty much backs up. It's like ugly men who think that they're a catch because they're men. And you could like I've seen so many gorgeous, beautiful model looking girls on Twitter and I've seen the ugliest men like full offense okay the ugliest men talk about oh you think you're so cute you're not that cute like and they only have like the balls to say this pretty much because they're men you know yeah and especially especially if the woman is like they're over 30 they feel like oh it's it's, it's even more justified because you know her her eggs are drying up so yeah <laughs> like, what are you even talking about like one of the things i really 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 hate is mm-hmm. like whenever i'm watching a movie if i if if the husband and wife are not equally yoked in attractiveness, that really, for some reason, that like irrationally bothers me. Like if I like, I've seen too many shows where like the like okay, for example, um, Family Guy. I know it's animated or whatever, but like mm-hmm. Peter Griffin is supposed to be like this unattractive kind of like stupid, horrible person. He's stupid. He's like kind of slobbish and things like that. And then Lois is supposed to be very like you know kind of sexy kind of person, and Rich? she. And she's married to this man who has nothing to offer. And she loves him unconditionally, even though he treats her like garbage. And I say that so much in media to the point where the moment I see it, I just turn everything off. Like, I do not want to see it anymore. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, absolutely. I like women having to, like, be told that you have to marry down, either, you know, marry an idiot or marry an alcoholic or an abuser. You know, I don't know. I, I don't agree with that. That is ridiculous. Yeah, no, and abs- and it's funny because like when you were first talking before you even mentioned Family Guy, the first thing that came to mind to me was Simpsons because that's like more of an exaggerated yes. version of it. Because I mean, Marge could have been anything at this point and she had a rich dude who was willing to like marry her and whatever and she chose Homer. And it's like, oh, I mean, it's cute that she married for love, but you know, she really didn't have to. <laughs> right, like, bro, like, there was a time 
where I feel like it, I feel like marriage. Yeah, you didn't marry for love necessarily, like in you know the way old and middle ages where people married for political reasons. But at least Absolutely. the women, like, okay, obviously, yeah, like they, it's like they married up in some way. You know yeah. what I mean? No, absolutely. Like, like you that. couldn't have a, a duchess, like uh, a duke's daughter, marrying some, you know, like just a crop, right? Like so, like a line of yarns or cats. Yeah, like yeah. You can't, I, I don't know. I just don't, it just makes me uncomfortable, this stereotype of media. And I feel like all of these things translate back into the situation because I feel like the, these stereotypes about women and the way we treat men in our society. And of course, you know, we do know that majority of uh, K-pop fans, well, I won't say majority, but a lot of K-pop fans are boy group stands. And boy yeah. group stands are the hardest they go the hardest for their groups, hence why boy groups sell millions of albums, while girl groups will be lucky to break a million. Yeah, I mean, if you're a girl's generation, I feel like that's, them and Twice are pretty much the only million sellers at and this point. And also Twice is like majority a male fan base, so yeah. it, it's also a little bit different from that aspect. So yeah. it, it's like, it's very rare to see like a girl group with a majority female fan base that sells extremely well. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And I do want to emphasize, okay, like we'll go back a little bit just to say marrying for love, you know, definitely oh, is great. A great it's a great idea. You know, I love it, whatever. But also there are a lot of other mitigating factors that, you know, should go into play when you decide about who you're going to spend the rest of your life with. Yeah. I mean, come on. Like, why would you marry? I don't know. Connie, you marry Aaron, <laughs> you know, you can marry <laughs> The king. Why would you marry, I don't know, uh, Jin Guang Yao when you can marry Hong Kong Jun? Like, why would you do it? Like, you just, I'm not doing it. Okay. Like, marry for love, but like, I don't be afraid to love. Want more. You know, want more for yourself and like yeah. love higher. Yeah. You, know, you don't have to marry, like, it, you know what it reminds me of? Wale, like, he has a song. Well, he says, uh, bad girls ain't no good and the girl good, good girls ain't no fun. And the hood girls want a smart guy. I'm not going to say what he said. And college girls all want a thug. That is like really, really interesting line because uh, he was self-aware enough to know that the women that uh, like people, women, I'm not going to say women of quality, but like women who want more for themselves somehow still fall into this trap of like going for the quote unquote thug guy, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, it's, and I feel like it's because of our society telling us that that's all we deserve. Yeah, and absolutely. And being your Elon Musk. And and also, too, society tells you to be grateful. Yeah. Just for, the attention, just for the attention. And I think that, you know, to tie it all back to the the past pretty much two stories <laughs> that we've had, it's like, uh, yeah, no, at the, you have to, you have to look at the bigger picture. And I think you have to understand that even though internet culture is very big on attack, 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 you don't always have to attack. Sometimes it's it's better just to sit back and wait for facts to come in, wait for, um, you know, more discourse. Or sometimes you don't have to say anything at all. Like sometimes silence is actually better than you harassing a journalist for not asking one member a question specifically because even though he decided that Nat. he didn't want to speak. Nat. Hi. You're very shady. 
love how like this whole time you've been dropping things throughout this episode without saying names, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. Yes. Girl, I because saw that and I was like, listen, we got to have an episode about that. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like I, I mean, I know a lot of people think, you know, in a lot of ways that, you know, we are anti-specific groups, but <laughs> Um, I do want to go on record and say that whoever decided that they wanted to tarnish Jungkook's name in in the name of a fandom war, like a stupid, silly, ridiculous fandom war, can go hang. Absolutely hang. Because there's so many people who actually experience that, who are so afraid to speak out that they never really deal with it. And they live with that on their soul the whole their whole entire lives. So for you to go and make a false accusation like that, mm-mm. Uh, honestly, karma's coming for you because I don't think that was just I like, like people it's not worth it. Accusations deserve to have false accusations made about them and see how they like it. I just feel like, especially with something like this, they deserve everything that comes to them. I, I and I'm usually a very empathetic person, but I don't play. No, I don't. Not, not, not at all. There's a list of things I don't tolerate, absolutely. And that's one of those things. It's just too harmful. Yeah. And, and you know what's funny? Like, even when I first saw the accusation, I was like, hmm. Something. This, this sounds, yeah. Like, I mean, and I think like, like a fan war. Yeah, exactly. And I was kind of like, look, you know, I'm definitely going to like give, you know, empathy towards the the accused, the accuser, um, the victim. But I'm going to wait, definitely wait until I hear some more because, I mean, I don't even know him like that. And this sounds very strange. So, I feel like the I feel like you can almost not every time, but I feel like a lot of times you can tell when somebody is just trying to stir something because they of a fan war. Because I feel like K-pop, I feel like a lot of K-pop fans who like get into fan wars are really not that smart, mm-hmm. and they're most likely. And I'm not even gonna say it's because they're young, because there have been like 50 year olds who like just sit on Twitter all day and argue with children, and it's yeah. just like, how do you do it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, it is not a good look. And yeah, so I mean, basically, we just ask that you guys take a breather. Honestly, like at the end of the day, like it's just K-pop. It's not that serious. It's not paying your bills. It's not giving you clear skin. It's, it's not, you know, it's, it's not even really like a permanent source of happiness. Like it's not because they're doing what they love. You're not doing anything like i mean at the end of the day (laughs) but i mean like i just want to give you some perspective like i feel you know what is i am from i'm jamaican so we're from the school of hard love you know like we honest like i was raised really just pretty much to believe that like sometimes you do have to learn the hard way to learn you know yeah yeah and so like for me like just straight up saying things like that is just what i'm raised on and that's how yeah yeah. yeah. So I just want to say, like, look, there, there's so much more that you as an individual could give, you know, of yourself to the world and like so many things that you can be doing and enjoying. Loving K-pop is great. We all love it. Not everybody can, you know, do a podcast. Not everybody could write about it. Not everybody can, you know, um, have a, a YouTube series about it. And that's great. But then it's like, what do you what else do you want to do? Like, what else do you want to do with your life? Are you like is the only thing you want to do, you want to sort of have attached to your name is that you were the fan of this group for 35 years. Like, it's not, it's, it's not, it doesn't make any sense to me, you know? Like, 
we all just need to have some perspective. I feel like this this energy is so toxic and negative and just angry all the time. Everybody's fighting everybody. Everybody's trying to be like the the supreme group. Everybody wants to talk about, you know, you know, this group supremacy, this group supremacy, this group paved the way, this group is doing all these other things. Girl, We're not K pop. We gotta do the episode about uh what Jenny said allegedly. Yeah. yeah. When I saw that I had to see how that was funny. But yes, 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 continue. Yeah. But Sorry. I mean really I just wanna say that you as a human being, there's so many things that you're capable of. There's so many things that you could be doing that could be, you know, bringing joy to yourself as an individual and also helping the world. Please try to find some time to do that instead of sitting on your computer being angry all the time and just, you know, talking like not even talking, you know, or spreading positivity, just spreading so much negativity because everything you say is not just about the fact that you love this group, but how that group is better than everybody else and how that group has done all these things that other people are doing and how, you know, like it just none of that makes sense to me. You know what's better than being angry, Nat? what not being angry yes yes and love not being angry and just just finding some perspective like it's a big world out there there's i mean obviously now it's the rona can't really do much yeah i get it i get it give yourself a scalp massage with tea tree oil so that your scalp is not dry yeah go for a walk get some fresh air read learn korean if that's what you want to do there's so many things that my recommendation was super specific and yours was all these basic recommendations (laughs) (laughs) well i would say like yeah i mean also you know take care of yourself practice some self-care put on a facial mask you know, um, drink some lemon tea. I love that water. I'm like the like when people think of self care, they just think of water, coconut oil, and face mask. <laughs> <laughs> because it's so soothing. It is honestly like sometimes like if I've had a really busy day and I just want to like not do anything, but still kind of feel like I'm doing something, I'll put on like those eye patches, and I'll put on like a face mask right after, and I'll just like lay down with my eyes closed for like 20 minutes, and it's like heaven. Heaven on to my me, self care is a massage, a full facial while listening to ASMR videos of people getting massages and facials. Yes, that well, sounds weird, weird, but it's not. Normally, if we didn't have the Rona, I would be going for my yes, facial. but don't, don't be, don't do it right now. No, 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 absolutely not. But like the season's changing, and skin tip, when the season changes, it's that's always the best time to go get a facial because that's when your skin is going to be acting up. And that's actually also when I get sick, when the, when the seasons change. I never get sick any other time. It's always when the weather changes. So If you cannot go get a massage because of Rona or because you can't afford it or whatever reason, um, borrow your baby cousin and have them jump on your shoulder blades. Yeah, that'll work. And, and walk on your back. Yeah, you can also... Um, Take one of those, uh, like a rock, if you have a rocky. I don't know why you would have a boulder in your house, but if you do, put it up against the wall and then rub your back on it, your shoulder blades particularly. Those are sensitive areas. Oh, also um, take an Epsom salt bath. Epsom salt is not very expensive. You can get it at the dollar store. Yes, I've seen people do that a lot, especially with their feet, but I don't know exactly what Epsom salt does, but... It's really good for your muscles. Like um, if you have like really sore muscles, um, the salt sort of like eases, I guess, some of that soreness and like any awkwardness and things like that. 
<laughs> you know what I'm thinking? It does. Right. I, uh, you know how like when you um salt brine a stubble, which I'm not exactly sure how you would be able to tell. <laughs> but yeah. if you do, I would recommend staying away. Yeah, absolutely. And about the Epsom salt bath, I did get the Healthline <laughs> channel. Um, I know we're like completely out of it, but you know what, guys? And just roll with it. Roll with it. We're giving you some helpful advice, okay? I know. Um, it has been a long time since we talked. And... Exactly. Promotes sleep and stress reduction. Helps with constipation, apparently. Girl, what? Yeah. And it helps. Are the, are, is the salt dissolving into your skin? And yeah, yeah. It's absorbed, it's absorbed into your body. So a lot of people, it says, don't actually get magnesium, like this form of it. So this is like a really good way for your body to absorb it. And that's where these sort of benefits come in. And Wait, like, so it's actually magnesium. It's not yeah. salt. No, it's not salt. It's a magnesium. Girl, yeah. I thought, I'm stupid. I straight thought it was NACL. <laughs> okay. <laughs> No, it's not like, you know, table salt or, or like, well, um, not table salt, but I yeah. thought it was like the salt you put on ice. Oh, no, 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 it's not that. And also it says too, it helps with exercise performance and recovery. So the recovery I knew for sure. Um, but like, it's supposed to help. It's helpful for exercise. Like because, lactic acid. Yeah. Lactic acid and glucose, right? They, so they, I guess they help emphasize the performance when you're exercising and it reduces pain and swelling. So honestly, it sounds like some witch doctor stuff. It don't <laughs> sound like a real thing that should help. I actually what? really like Epsom salt baths. Um, oh, I, I don't really it. take as many. Sorry. Oh, I don't. Maybe you need to take an Epsom salt bath because you have a headache. Somehow, I, mean, I don't know if it will help me. I can't mm. dump my whole head in there for it to absorb in there. Ah uh, no, but you could you could put like tea tree oil in it as well too, and like or some lavender. Sniff the tea tree oil. oil, and that will definitely help with the headache. Um, because that's what I usually do. I don't just use the Epsom salt. I actually put other stuff in. I put other oils in it too, um, like to, ha- to have like common effects and things like that, and that it makes it like a really soothing. And then I put on like a playlist. I, you know, that I'm really you, extra when I do these things. I don't want to just do it. You just said. But that's okay because it was Sorry. good advice. So with that being said, um, <laughs> we have reached uh, the end of our episode. Yeah, uh, we were like, yeah. thank you all for listening to another episode of Not Your Average Netizens. Of course, we apologize in advance for um, all of the tangents. <laughs> <laughs> yes, in case Ash keeps them in, um, or some of them. Um, but anyways, uh, with that being said, you can find us on Twitter at Nyan Edizens. That's N-Y-A-N-E-T-I-Z-E-N-S. You can find us on Instagram at Not Your Average Netizens, Facebook at Not Your Average Netizens. And you can all also reach us on Gmail at Not Your Average Netizens at gmail.com. Uh, also, we do have a Patreon. Our Patreon is Nyan Edizens, I believe, right it's now. It's Not Your Average Netizens on Patreon. You can find us on Patreon. You can just type in Not Your Average Netizens and we'll be right there. Um, see what we have to offer in our shiny early, or sorry, our J Park early access tier and our shiny exclusives tier. Um, we've got lots of fun things uh, being uploaded over there. So feel free to check it out. And if you like what we do and you want to support us, uh, there'll be some uh, special things that you get access to if you decide to become a patron. So yeah. again, Thank you all for listening very much. Nat, do you have any shout outs? Um, not really. I do want to um, say that, you know, I'm not saying that you have to 
subscribe or donate or anything like that to our Patreon. But we put out some bomb content on there. <laughs> I feel like I, people who listen to us would very much enjoy listening to the album reviews and things like that and the mini shows that we put out there. So if you do want to hear us, you know, a little bit freer, I think, a little bit looser, a little bit more comfortable um, and just a little bit more honest, it would definitely be uh, <laughs> no, not because I, I just, I just, I don't want people to think that we're not also honest here. Oh yeah, that's true. We are honest here. It's <laughs> just you know, like with our our Patreon, um, we do try to give you a little bit more of us. I think so. I, it's not that we're honest more it's, more it's honest there or not. We, it's it's because it's not necessarily um, news driven. Exactly, we're we're more interest driven. I feel. Yeah, and go into those things that like go into conversations a little more deeply. Um, exactly. We do so, have a lot of great content, though. We recently recorded uh, an episode about idol reality content that got into it went into like a really interesting direction that I'm actually shocked it went into, but it was very interesting um, having that conversation. And uh, we also recently released our uh, Wonder Girls reboot album review. Um, yes, we got album reviews for ATs, NCT. I mean, and then we've got a lot more coming. So, uh, if you do want to uh, support us, then yeah, I mean, you have a lot to look forward to on Patreon. So, yeah, you can find that information on our Twitter, and it is as little as one dollar a month or three dollars a month, or just like a standard donation if you'd like to do it, and that will give you. Honestly, guys, there's so much stuff on there. So <laughs> I feel like you would definitely enjoy it if you like our podcast and you want to continue to support us um, in however way that you can. Obviously, the Rona is ruining everybody's plans, everybody's 2020. But, you know, we're here hopefully to be a, a beacon of light in, in this Rona-led world. So that's going to be sort of my only shout out is to us and to you and to the extra content on our Patreon. What about you, Jimin? I want to shout out to Hong Gwang Jun because he will never disappoint me. Um, I also want to shout out to uh, Aaron Yeager. I haven't seen him in a while, but uh, hopefully we'll see him soon. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, now you got me feeling a certain kind of way. I don't like that. Um, but yeah, that's really all my shout out. So yeah, with that being said, thank you for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Yes, um, and to fans of Attack on Titan, I I feel you. I feel you. Bye, guys. Bye.